Praise God. Welcome back to the invisible world. We're on God's perfect fitness plan for you. God's perfect fitness plan. And we're going to be doing day seven today. Praise God. Before we get started, just want to make a couple of comments here just to let you know. Um, You know, the scripture 418, 2 Corinthians, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And that's where we stand today in that deeper life experience and revelations of God's truth through his word and through the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Thank you for joining us today, Father. We thank you for having us today and allowing us to bask in your presence and to feed on these beautiful and wonderful things of the kingdom of God. For we know that the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And we thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you that we are seated together in heavenly places and we are feasting on the Lord Jesus Christ and feasting together on these wonderful truths that you've given to us today. Help us to absorb them. Help us to digest them. Help us to accept them, receive them, and praise you for them in Jesus' name. Let's look at day seven today. It says, He that has put his hand to the plow and looking back is not fit for the kingdom. He that has put his hand to the plow and looking back is not fit for the kingdom. So we want to go on. I'm going to give you that scripture reference in just a minute. Now that you have learned God's perfect fitness plan, what will you do with it? Now remember the P for praise. That's your power source. R is for release and rest and receive. These exercises will tighten up those flabby loose ends in your life. E is for enter. The word of God tells us that we must strive to enter in at the straight and narrow gate. Press, my friend. Just keep pressing. S, sing. This is a genuine breathing exercise that will keep you full of the Holy Spirit of God. S is for sup. Come and dine, the master calleth. Come and dine. You can feast at Jesus' table all the time. That's a song. He that fed the multitudes turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now, come, come and dine. And that was an old hymn. And it surely caught the revelation of God's perfect fitness plan for us. I pray that you will too. One of the things I also want to remind you of is the scripture that says, Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. And what, what is it that we really need to remember? You know, we are the salt of the earth. And she turned to salt, a pillar of salt that was good for nothing. It had lost its savor. When we are the salt of the earth, that means that we add the ingredients to the earth that gives it a good flavor, that keeps it in balance, that keeps it healthy and well and renews it. Salt is very, if you study what salt does, I think you'll be pretty shocked. And God says we are the salt of the earth. And if the salt has lost its savor, where will it be salted? Have you ever used a box of salt that got wet or damp? And you pour it in something and it's nothing. You didn't do a thing. Food tastes terrible. There's no salt. There's no flavoring. There's no bringing out the wonderful aromas and flavors that are in that dish. So it's really a big thing that God wants to use us to bring out the wonderful things that are in the earth. Not all these putrid things. If you're constantly upset about the putrid things around you, it's time for you to get salty. 
and to bring out, ask God to strengthen you so that you can bring out the wonderful and beautiful things that God has placed in the earth. The Bible says he has made everything beautiful in his time. So we want to be in that place where we can stand and having done all, stand and enjoy the beauty of the Lord. Let the beauty of the Lord rise upon us and let us stand in that holy place. We are the salt of the earth. Praise God. So we want to make sure that we don't turn and look back. And again, let's be reminded of Lot's wife. What happened with Lot's wife? She looked back. Why did she look back? Because when the angels came to warn of a coming destruction, everybody had done everything they could do. Abraham had interceded and, you know, they the angels came down. So we're, we're about to destroy this place. Well, Lot's wife, they went to their families. They went to their friends. They told them, hey, we've got to do something. God's fixing to destroy this place. And the people looked at them like they were crazy. They didn't believe it. They didn't want to receive it. And they didn't do it. They didn't leave. They sat there because they didn't believe it. And that's where we're at today. People don't believe that Jesus is coming soon. And when he does, and when we he, we leave, they're gonna, some of them, it's going to be too late to go back and try to fix things that they didn't listen to or get things that they didn't hear or relight those candles. The Spirit of God is the candle of the Lord. If you've let your thick, your wick go out because you haven't attended church, and when I say attended church, I'm talking about where two or three are gathered together in my name, a good Bible study where the Word of God is going forth. Where you're gathered together, he said, there am I in the midst of them. So it doesn't take 5,000 people to have church. It takes two or three who are gathered together in the Lord's name, listening to the Lord, doing his will, seeking his word, fellowshipping together with love, in love, by love, and through love. And that's the love of God. It's not that, it's unfeigned love. In other words, that fake love. (laughs) Hi, I love you. We don't need that. We need love that has action, love that has works, love that reaches out and comforts, love that just embraces you in prayer throughout the night watching over you and protecting you. We need to have each other's backs. We need to wake up thou that sleepest. Awake thou that sleepest and Christ will give you light. Wake up church, it's time. So what did Lot's wife do? She looked back. When the terrible things happened, she was so distraught and distressed to leave those grandkids, to leave her children, to leave her pets, to leave her house, to leave all those things. She looked back. And when she looked back, she turned to a pillar of salt. That was it. It was over for her. She had lost her savior. She had lost her ability to be the salt of the earth. And she didn't believe through unbelief and doubt. We can lose our souls. The Bible says the unbelieving, the unbelieving, all liars and those that the unbelieving are going to be going to hell. So we have got to really weigh these things and try these things and prove whether they be of God or not. And search the scriptures daily to make sure you're lined up. We've got something to do, saints. It's not just sit back and put your feet up and say, well, if God wants me to do that, if God wants me to have it, if God wants me to go, it, God has already shown you the way. All you need to do is get up and quit being lazy and slothful. God talks about the slothful servant. Get up and study it out for yourself and know what the word is saying to you. Every word of God is pure and it's, it's faithful and it's sure. And if you read something in the word or somebody gives you a scripture, don't throw it down and get mad and say, that's not me. I don't know what they're talking about. I already know that. There's so many answers we can have. The I, I, I. 
the eye of an idolatry in our lives. Me, myself, and I. Well, God is tired of it. And we need to cast down those thoughts. We need to cast down those ideologies. We need to cast down the theologies that are turning us away from God and hardening our hearts and making us think that we made it. You have to see what the end is going to be. You have to endure to the end. You can't stop right before the finish line or get a glass of water from somebody along the way. You've got to keep going. I don't care how strenuous it is. It is a press. It is not easy. Sometimes you don't feel like it. We're to do things that are not convenient. Because of the inconvenience, when your neighbor comes to you and asks you for something or asks you to do something, because of the inconvenience, because of the importunity, we need to get up and do it. We need to realize that this is God. He's he's wanting us to help this person to do something, to, to give, to be there for them, to pray in the middle of the night when you're too tired. He's asking you to sit with someone in the middle of the night or during the day. So we have got to recognize God and allow God to use us to do these things. That's what our use is here on the earth. We are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Praise God that you'll know that this is a very serious issue. It's not just some clever little put together thing. This is from God and it's coming to your table and it's teaching you how to press. It's teaching you how to praise. It's teaching you how to enter into the Holy of Holies. And it's teaching you how to enter the throne of grace that we can find help. We can can go in there boldly and find help in time of need. Because there's times we do things that we shouldn't do or we say things we shouldn't say or we're just downright out there. But it's time for us to repent and go before the throne of grace and ask for grace to help us so that God won't be angry, so that God will see that we are trying. It's not that we're not going to make mistakes or do things. It's that we know that we've done it and repent right away. Don't wait till tomorrow, next week, or next year. We need to do it right away. We need to not let the sun go down upon our wrath. If we're angry with someone or we've had bad words, we need to pray and ask God to humble us. When you get on your knees, it's an humbling experience. And when you get up, you should be a changed person. Your heart shouldn't still be hard. Well, they did this to me. No, 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 no. It should be, well, I understand they were having, or I was having a bad day, or nobody had a bad day. We all did when I acted ugly. That made it bad. So we got to go back and repent and ask God to give us a spirit of love and meekness and humble ourselves. And even if they receive us or they don't, they're still mad. You need to do what God expects you to do and let him take care of the rest. And as you pray for that situation, as you pray for them, those that have hurt you, God will do what he's going to do in not just their lives but in your life because he's concerned about you he already knows them he knows what's gone on in their lives he's concerned in that moment about you so God's attention is very focused on you not everybody else remember that and maybe that'll help you to go along the way and realize God's not looking at everybody else he's specifically that's what why he's God that's why he's so great he can keep his mind. His thoughts of you are manifold. His thoughts of you, of you are more than the sand of the sea. If God numbers the hairs in your head and he knows how many hairs he put on your body and in your head, that's something. If God knows every, the name of every star that's out there when you look up at the sky, he knows there are, he calls them all by name. So we have to realize that he is God and there is nothing that he doesn't know. There's nothing hid from him. So there's no sense in us trying to hide from him. 
Let's just open up and say, God, Lord, is it I? Is it I? When the disciples sat at meat one day and the Lord said, one of you shall betray me. Now he had chosen, he said, have I not chosen, have I not chosen 12 of you and one of you is the devil? And the humblest of the group bowed his head. He said, Lord, is it I? We need to have that attitude. Is it me? Is it I? Have I done something, Lord? Is it me? Oh God, help me. Is it I? We don't want to betray Christ. When Peter was told that he would deny Christ, he said, oh, I'm not going to do that. Yet he did. We won't get into that. That's a whole nother sermon. But praise God. I love you guys. And I'm just really wanting to see you at the finish line. I want to meet you there. I want us to be together, standing on the right side of the Lord when we go to paradise. There's cheaper going to be on the right side, the goats on the left. Why is that? Because goats do all the buddy. I know, Lord, but, well, but, well, but, yeah, but, maybe, but. And the goats are also vicious when they want to be, and they attack the sheep, and they can ram their sides and kill them. That's the pushing you out the way so I can be big, and I'm going to be leader of this pack. They kill their spirits, a wounded spirit who can bear. So the goats are going to be on the left and the sheep on the right. So what's going to happen? They're going to come up saying, Lord, I cast out devils in your name. I, 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 I did this, Lord. The Lord's going to say, depart from me, you that work iniquity. I never knew you. So that business of once saved, always saved, let's address it right now. You are saved unto, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit unto the day of your redemption. Whoever calls on the name, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved because God doesn't want any to be lost. Jesus even prayed in John 17 and said, I only lost one. And that was the son of perdition, the son of hell. So when we get to that place, God wants us all to be saved. But if you haven't followed up with the conditions in terms of your contract with God, your covenant, and you've decided you can go out and live and do whatever you want, you're not getting in the door. You're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall not enter the kingdom of heaven is not going to enter. That's the word. So yeah, you'll get saved all right. You'll be taken up in the in the appropriate time. I, I preach pre-tribulation. When he comes back, he's going to take you there because you're one of the ones God sent into the earth. He wants to recover you. But at that point, are you worthy? And it's surely going to stand out. If you're a goat and you do all the budding, I know, but be careful, saints, and be prayerful above all things. And know that, no, it's not once saved, always saved. It's it's enduring to the end and keeping covenant with God and trying to do everything that God is calling you to do. From baptism, water baptism, Holy Ghost baptism, the word, study the word, study to shew thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And when we say rightly dividing, we're talking about divining. And you can only divine the word. It's a spiritual process that only the Holy Spirit can give you the light and the revelation of the word of God. So there's a lot of things that we could talk about. But this we're getting serious now. And you need to get serious about this workout. You need to work things out. Work out your own soul's salvation through fear and trembling. Through fear and trembling. Fear God, reverence God, respect God. You know, that's why Esau lost his soul. Because he was he did not reverence God. He did not at all. He, he, just, he didn't take his inheritance seriously, do you? 
Do you take your inheritance seriously? Do you realize that you're a king and a priest? You're ordained to be kings and priests of God? That's a really huge thing. And we need to line ourselves up and let the Holy Spirit line us up, clean us up, purge us, whatever he needs to do to get us in line and ready to do the things that are going to be done in the millennial should we make it through to the wedding supper. God called many to the wedding supper and a lot of people didn't go. They were too busy doing their thing. And those very same people, God said, okay, just go out to the highways and byways and gather whoever's going to come, whosoever will. And whosoever will came, we did, the Gentile believers. So we could go on, and I guess that's also another subject. But praise God, you need to make it in. You need to ask the Lord, is it I? Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Lord, what must I do? And keep going step after step after step and quit looking at the world. God's concerned about you, not what the world's going to do. You can't live for your neighbor. They can't live for you. God has called you to a separate and very specific place in his body. And you have to be faithful to the end. Lord, we thank you that we are faithful. We are among those that are called to be faithful. And we ask that you would help us to be conformed to your image, Lord. Help us to conform to your word. Let the washing of the water of the word just wash us and purify us. The word of God is very pure. And we turn away from any corrupt any corrupt version of the word. We turn away from those things that are not of you. The word came out of your mouth and out of the prophet's mouth. And it was written in stone by the finger of God. So we follow your word, Lord, not men's thoughts, not men's ideas, not men's foolishness. And we thank you, Lord that you are faithful and true in Jesus' name. Until next time, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. God said, Behold, I make all things new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Come on, let's get into shape, saints. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That's Romans 8, 29 through 30. I leave you with that. God bless.